This episode of Guitar Radio Show is brought to you in part by Geppetto Pickups, GeppettoGuitars.com. Guitar players are always searching for the tone that will define their playing identity. Geppetto Pickups' wide spectrum of tones and sonic colors inspire and instill a newfound confidence in the player that comes from having amazing tone. Go to GeppettoGuitars.com. We'll give your guitar's voice, but But you'll you'll make make it sing. sing. Welcome to Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to the guitar player, guitar maker, gear builder, and purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but should. folks welcome back to another episode of guitar radio show today we have with us uh, a really unique story um, of a luthier from montana and um, the guitars are so cool and i love the story of wood and the story it has to tell um, you know, we're all into, a lot of us are into vintage guitars and we're into, you know, where'd that wood come from? Like, I love the story of uh, Peter Frampton's 1954 Les Paul Custom, the Phoenix guitar. Um, and he told a great story about how uh, in, back in 54 they were using wood that was further away from the ocean in Honduras. And uh, so, that, the, so that wood was much, much lighter uh, this is what they told him at Gibson anyway. And those stories are fen- phenomenal. And, and this is one of those, this is one of those stories. And we have, uh, have with us Mr. Sean Cotchell from Cotchell Guitars. How are you? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have you ever heard that story about the Phoenix, the Les Paul from uh, Peter Franklin's <laughs> Phoenix? I, I have heard uh, the story. Uh, it's been a while. Um, yeah, but I remember hearing that yeah. at one time. It's super cool. I love hearing these stories. Um, there's a good friend of mine, Roger Cowan, who has a uh, who does this with reclaimed wood and stuff like that. Um, well, he used to do it. He doesn't do it too much anymore. Now he's more into accessories. He does accessories called Dog Tired Guitars. And uh, he was doing that with like pews from churches and, uh, oh, yeah, I love and da- that stuff. dance hall floors from, you know, that uh, you know, just uh, you know, it's just incredible stuff. So when I heard about your story, and I watched the video on your homepage uh, called "Under the Big Sky," the, the the video "Under the Big Sky," I was just like, "Wow, this is cool." Uh, yeah, thanks. You've been uh, featured in Vintage Guitar Magazine and on and in Fretboard Journal. Um, Correct. Yes. So uh, this is we're in good company here today. We're, awesome! <laughs> I'm excited to yeah, talk cool. to you about it. So, tell everybody. I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell everybody about what you do, how you did it, and how you came to do it. Um, all right. Well, 
I'd say it originally started, I was buying and selling guitars probably in late 90s. And um, I had this idea of maybe someday building a guitar. And what I did was <laughs> I bought a bunch of tools, but I didn't know when I was ever going to get around to using them. Right. So, uh, so <clears throat> I also was trying to start a, a commercial beekeeping business at the time. And so I was trying to mix the two together as far as, you know, when I wasn't working on the bees, I was taking these junked out guitars and, uh, you know, I'd fix the bracing or I'd redo the frets or whatever. And then I'd try to either, I'd play them for a while. And then when I got tired of it, I'd sell it on eBay. And then I thought that was a lot of fun, but then I had this idea of making my own and, but I didn't know exactly when that was going to happen. And, uh, and then my bee business kind of fell apart uh, about the same time because I was starting with my dad and my dad passed away. And, uh, and there I was left with like, what am I going to do this winter? And my brother happened to send an email. And remember when every email had like a, like a pop-up on it or whatever yeah. uh, back in the day? Yeah. Well, there was a thing that said, build a guitar in a day. And I was like, what's this? And I clicked on it and, um, it was how to build a guitar in a day. It was just a simple guitar, simple box guitar. I was like, oh, I could do that. And I started uh, started from there, and that's where it started. And uh, building cigar box guitars. This was like uh, 2003, 2004. And then um, I didn't know really. It was just for my own enjoyment at the time. Uh, and I was trying to resurrect my bee business. And... Uh, I showed the guitars to my family because we had a musical history in our family to begin with and, and instruments in particular. And uh, my mom was the one, she's like, oh my gosh, this thing is amazing. And she was going to do this like craft show. And she goes, uh, can I take these with me? And I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I was kind of like, I didn't, wasn't ready for other people to see them, you know, just maybe my family. And uh, when she took them, she came back she's like, they all sold. I was like, they all sold. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe I could add this whole idea to, you know, helping bring in some money to resurrect the bee business. But I got so overwhelmed with uh, the guitar orders that uh, I forgot about trying to redo the bee business. <laughs> and the, the, the passion of building the guitars got more and more. And, um, and I came up with different ideas and everything was going gangbusters. And I was building um, experimental guitars on the side for my own you know, I was fulfilling the, the box guitar orders, but then I was making like acoustic, regular acoustic guitars for myself. And, um, and then 2008 happened and mm -hmm. it all like almost it came to a crawl. I mean, I was, I was now dependent on the guitar orders to bring in money um, because I was so deep into it. I was like, what am I going to do here? And, uh, before my dad passed away and before the bee business, we were tearing down all these old barns and old homesteads and old businesses. And I was just stockpiling the wood. Uh, Cause what I wanted to do is I would, at the time there was uh, companies that would buy reclaimed materials. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was thinking, well, I've, I'm getting all this access to all these reclaimed materials. Maybe I could, you know, I'm always thinking of these different business ideas I could get into a, at a low cost, you know, high return. And, um, but all these places that I was contacting with all these reclaimed materials I had, uh, they, they didn't want to give me very much money for what the effort I had put into them. So all these materials had just been piling up. I had a, um, a piece of property that I kept all this stuff. And, um, when the guitar business started going and my dad passed away, the bees died. And I was like, I need material. What am I going to do for material? And uh, I was like, wait a minute, I've got all this really cool old growth lumber and it all has a story to it and it all has a history and it's all unique and it, it resonates different than just a, a like a board that you go by in town. I know these are traditional guitar making woods, but uh, I'm going to try it out. And I built an acoustic with it. And I was like, holy cow, this thing sounds awesome, right? And um, and the, the, the grain patterns in these woods are just so different than what you see today. And uh, so then I had the idea of like, okay, I'm going to start building these guitars um, out of this material and then give the history of that material when I sell the instrument to add 
uh, a story with the instrument. So it's just not a guitar that looks cool and made out of this old piece of wood. Um, I want you to know what where that wood came from and what it went through before it became this instrument. And that was starting in 2008. And I got a few orders for those. And I was just learning at the time. And I, as far as um, it, it morphed into a resonator guitar around then. Right. Uh, of what people were interested in, because it, it led to that aesthetic of this old time feeling <laughs> that I was um, having a feeling of at the time. You know, I was, I was working off my own emotion of what I was feeling of when I was making this stuff. And uh, it started picking up. And I started getting more orders, more orders. And then all of a sudden it was back. I was back in going full bore again. And um, so that's where it led up basically to where I'm at today, just giving that history and getting better at the craft of building the instruments too, you know? Right. Um, so that was acoustic. And learning. That was acoustic. Oh, that was acoustic and semi-acoustic instruments, right? Uh, yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. So how did you teach yourself or how did you learn about bracing? So um, when I was redoing a lot of those guitars, uh, when I first started out, as far as a hobby goes, um, a lot of these ones, the the whole top would come off, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I had delaminated. So I'd go through and I just measured everything, mapped it, and then I would just copy what they had done inside ah, that instrument. Okay. Yeah. And I just took tons of measurements on everything and just tried to copy it as best as I could. And then I learned, I found different uh, resources for talking about bracing patterns and try to find tonal wood and different, you know, once I got in there, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning. And then once I figured out, Hey, I want to do this better. What do I need to do now? Right. You know, then I just looked into, looked for the resources. Right. Uh, so, I mean, so, that's kind of how all that went. So, oh, go ahead. do you have, I mean, are, are, are pretty much every guitar you make is a one-off, or are there, or are there specific no. models? There's specific models, yeah. Um, for the most part, I, I do like a, the most popular one I do is a LP. It's a solid body resonator, which kind of sounds odd, but it works. And, <laughs> um, and then uh, there's a, a Telecaster resonator. Yeah. And then I do, and then I do a solid body that's real popular. I call it the sawmill because I try to add a certain aesthetic to it. But it's based off of kind of a uh, a Fender Venus if you're uh, familiar with that model. Mm -hmm. But uh, but um, and then I do a hollow body, also uh, with a like F hole design, and those are my four most popular uh, models. But. Um, what was the original question there as far as so I, all of them? And yeah, so what I, what I was saying, I was, I was curious to know because I was going to lead me to another question was, was so, okay, um, you have certain specific models and I'm looking at them now. Uh, folks, uh -huh. you can go to um, kochelguitars.com. That's K-O-C-H-E-L guitars.com. And, um, and I'm very happy to say that he also makes left-handed guitars, so. Just say I do. Yes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lefty, so. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So that makes me very happy. Um, so, I know that you've used different woods because uh, you know, especially during the early part of doing this with reclaimed stuff and 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 other materials that you would find along the way. So, what do you do when you run out of a specific kind of material? And yeah, it, what what happens there? Well, so just from experience of dealing with all these reclaimed materials, you, you learn what to use and what not to use. I mean, there can be two pieces that look same, the exact same, but once you start building with it, it's obvious that they're not going to sound right, right. Or, or be suitable for an instrument. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot that you have to – I mean, I might look like I have a ton of wood, but by the time you whittle down to what you need um, – it's it's not as much. So what I do is I then I just I try to find the pieces all similar to uh, to each other, and for the most part, because I'm getting all this stuff in Montana, um, they've all and most of these things that I've been the reclaimed materials come from a certain era, and they've had the same amount of weather, and they came from the same forests, so they're pretty consistent as far as that goes. Um, so consistency as far as the builds has been 
pretty good for me just because I've just stayed local as far as my materials go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not everything's a one-off. So what what's happened is when I've created these certain models, um, of course, then I've created the jigs to go with that certain model. So then I just lay it all out. And mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm building a guitar, so everything can stay as consistent as possible. So the the idea is like if I have an LP uh, Les Paul style uh, resonator and somebody needs a new neck for some reason the the neck they broke the neck or whatever i could send them a neck and they'd be able to bolt it on because right. uh, on those on that particular model it's a bolt-on neck um and mm. then it would all match up so everything's consistent so if i if i was to do a repair or somebody wanted a modification it wasn't like i'd have to remake a whole instrument i would be able to uh, just interchange different parts and pieces okay okay so let's talk about accoutrements. So you, so okay. c- certain every once in a while we'll see a volume and tone control that is not what we would normally expect as a as that particular type of knob. What else have you used? Yeah, right. So like that's one of my more popular ones is the um, shotgun shells. Yeah. So the shot the shotgun shell ends and. To be honest, that, that wasn't uh, originally my idea. That was given to me by a client and because uh, he liked my aesthetic. And he's like, hey, you know what would go good with this? And when I added those, it just everybody wanted that when they yeah. ordered a guitar. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, 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 in the, I'm in the gallery, folks. When you go to CottrellGuitars.com, uh, go to the gallery. And I mean, there's, a, there's some, oh my goodness, they're just beautiful. Really gorgeous. I mean... You know, it's so funny. You know, I, I talk to a lot of guitar makers, and and it's it's always fascinating to see somebody's aesthetic, you know, and the way they approach an instrument. And um, you've got this one parlor guitar here. Uh, it's an acoustic guitar. It's small, and it's got these crazy stripes through it. Uh, the grain has got these crazy stripes through it. I don't know what it's called. Oh man, it is beautiful. So something interesting about like how that the wood gets those certain looks. This is kind of a bizarre thing, but it's all ammonia stain from hundred hundred years of being used on a let's say a cattle ranch or something. Right. Yeah. So um, with that old uh, with that old tight wood grain pattern, and then being ammonia stained, it creates these different colors and and textures to that wood, which I think that's that's part of the fun of a lot of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about pickups? Uh, are you are you making your own or are you using somebody else? So I use someone else. <clears throat> and um, so for the last nine years, I was using um, Rio Grande. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I, I had a relationship with them. Uh, Wes over at Rebel Guitars hooked me up with Dave uh, Wentz uh, with Rebel Guitars, and they treated me great for a lot of years. But unexpectedly... Uh, Dave passed away Mm -hmm. and he was my contact and Rio went through some change here of trying to, you know, trying to get business uh, reestablished after Dave left. And I was kind of put in a tight position there. So then um, I found another guy out of Asheville, uh, Magneto Design Lab, and I've been working with him for the last year and a half or so. Cool. Um, I love the I love the combo of a P90 in the neck. And the resonator. That's a cool thing. Yeah, that is a cool. Thing. Yeah, I I, 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 appreciate that. I, I like that too a lot. Uh, it just to my, to me, it just you know I've, I've went through a lot of different pickup combinations over the years, and that one to me with my guitars, just my particular guitars. I don't know. It's just I like that sound. I like that feel, and the, yeah, I just I like that combo. Yeah, absolutely. So and it's funny, you know, you said in in. Um, in the under the big sky video um you mentioned that you said you know you don't know if that you're going to continue to do if you'll do this forever you kind of just mm-hmm. you're you seem to be a lot like i don't, I don't know if you follow Taoism or not but it's very Taoist of you to say i don't know if i'm going to oh. be doing this forever you know i'm just gonna let the river take me where the river takes me and um yeah so you know i mean how many more years will there be control guitars do you think um, <laughs> well, we just don't know. I, I just, I just don't know. I mean, 
you know, nothing in life has been certain, uh, or I haven't been overly connected to. Well, here to tell you the thing, I used to have like these over idealistic ways of how I was going to live my life at one time, and uh, and they didn't work out. And then instead of like getting upset about it, I found every time I went with the change, uh, more opportunity opened, and uh, mm. and life took me in directions I thought it would never go. Mm. So, you know, you know, more with opportunity and experiences. So, I was never hardened to the fact of just like holding on to something so much that. I was going to let it dictate my life. That's, you know, that is really cool. It's like the best thing I've heard all year. In all all the interviews I've done this year, that's the best thing I've heard is just that to let it, let it happen, you know, accept change. And when it happens, go with it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's so, so cool. Um, yeah, I and you know that might that might happen within Cottrell guitars too, where all of a sudden, you know, there might be some radical design changes. Even who knows? Well, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that's <laughs> is it, I'm a one man show right now, right? So, um, and there's just I I kind of got myself in a in a position to where everybody sees that one particular thing. So they want that one particular. So I'm constantly just remaking the whole thing. So it makes it really hard to do like my other ideas or my other, uh-huh. my other, you know, cause I come up with all these like, Oh man, this would be so awesome to build right. this style or whatever. And it's always like when I get a chance, when I get the time and, uh, and trying to balance, you know, I've got a family, I've got a business and then I've got just regular life. It just it becomes a heck of a crazy juggle of, you know, finding that time. Yeah. I mean, you even said in one, in one, um, you said in one video, cause I was, there's a ton of videos, folks. If you go to the gallery, is it in the gallery? No, the media, the media page on com. There's tons of video that you can see and you can hear them and, and, and hear more about the story. There was one video where you talked about, um, you know, you thought, okay, cool here. I'm going to do these. I'm going to do the bees and, you know, and then, in the winter, I'll snowboard. And then, yep. and then, you know, unfortunately your dad passed away and that changed everything. And then the bees died yep. as, as well. So it's like, wow. It's like everything, you know, getting pulled out from under the carpet, getting pulled out from under you. And then this happens and this amazing creation happens. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope you get, to, I hope you get to show us, the other stuff that you're that's brewing in your brain it'll be great to see it really will be oh appreciate it um so people right now can order online through cottrellguitars.com or or, or do you, you dealing with any dealers i think there's one dealer that i saw uh it, i i i have been pushing away from dealing with dealers um it just gets to be tricky i i did that years ago I had a, several different guys it just it doesn't work for me yeah. um, as far as because I'm by myself if right. I was managing a team of people that might be all right but when when I don't I mean it's too much uh, but so yeah what I typically like to do is just start out the conversation through an email and then because really each client has their own wants and likes and instead of like taking something right off the shelf um, I like to be able to do the smaller touches. I mean, for right now, it would be awesome if I did have an inventory, but that never seems to ever happen. Right. So yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty one. Yeah, just I get, a, I have a list, and I just work through my list. Right. And and that and that's how it goes. So I mean, I, I do have dealers. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I do have dealers uh, for I because I, I make a few other items. I do stomp boxes, and um, and I have a few dealers. I few music stores around uh, that sell those. And then I sell them outright myself. But um, is that on the website? I don't know. I, I don't I think if you I don't have them on my website. No, oh, no, I don't see them. Okay. I'd like to say I'd like to know more about that because I'm a bit of a I'm a stomp box nut job. So Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Those things have been so popular for the last 15, 16 years. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, you got to send me some yeah. info. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see. Oh it. yeah, I mean that could be a business in itself. Oh, no, absolutely, it's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So how far back ordered are you at this point? Uh, like right now, typically a turnaround is about 22 weeks. Okay. So, that's not horrible. It's not horrible, but um, that's just right in the kind of my sweet zone, I guess. Because <laughs> uh, it, it, it makes that that timeline uh, helps. I, I can juggle a little bit with that timeline. Right. So. Right. Yeah, because in there, there's... In there, there's family, there's day to day, and then there's holidays that come along. And right, that's you know, the other thing. Rosa, yeah, and we're, things, and we're getting ready to get into that big time right now. So, yeah, yeah, for the rest of the year. Um, wow. Um, so, what would be the what's what? What do you think is your most popular model? It's that LP that. Uh, oh that really? Les Paul. Oh yeah, by far. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, that thing. I feel like I. That's all I ever feel like I'm really making. Yeah. Interesting, and I would have thought for sure it was the Telecaster, the Tele shape. No, and that's gone up and down over the years. You know, like it's funny. Like once every once in a while, I'll get like a, like I'll get five orders at once for one of those. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, that's weird. I haven't made one of those in six months, and then like now I probably haven't made one. in well, I guess I made one last year but yeah it's kind of fell off again so interesting i would have never guessed that i would have never guessed that so let me ask you about there's a couple of other guitars here in the gallery there's one in particular that's really standing out to me it's a solid body it's a uh, wraparound tailpiece double cutaway with uh it's brown with a lipstick uh pickup in the neck and it's like sort of a jade colored Pick guard. What is okay. that? Well, that must be the the sawmill. The that one I call the sawmill. It's just that's the one based off that Fender Venus model. Okay, man, that yeah. is something else, man. That is speaking to me big time. Oh, cool! Thanks. I love it. I yeah, love that, it. that 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 one. It's not exactly the Fender Venus, but it's my interpretation. Yeah, I get it. And um, yeah. And it wasn't ever a model. I really, I was just trying to do something solid body wise. I made one is what happened. This is, this is how almost all these have gone. I made one. Someone saw it. They liked it. Asked me to make them one. I made it. Somebody else saw it. And they're like, Hey, can I get one? Then I was like, okay, I've gotten two orders. Maybe I'll make another one. Then that sold. And then all of a sudden it's like, I just should have one on hand. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and yeah, it's just, it was, it was just like, okay, I've sold enough of these where I know that there's interest in them. So. Right, right. Are, are you always on the hunt sourcing new materials too? For uh, I used to be uh, at one time, but what's happened, people know what I do enough now that other people are like reaching out. They're like, hey, um, we've got this material over here. Are you interested? Or, um, hey, I know so-and-so is... Uh, they're tearing down this old building. Would you like some saved? Or, you know, there's always somebody. It, I, I haven't really had to look for a long time because other people have looked, have done the looking for me. That's so. fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Um, so is there a, uh, so when you're, when you're putting on like a resonator and like I'm looking at the two T style, the two telly style, uh, one sitting up against a tractor, um, you go ahead and you, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, it's not a great term, but relic the resonator pans? Uh, well, let's see. So if the one against the tractor, is it kind of a brass looking one? Yeah. The, yeah. So the interesting story on those uh, on those cover plates, it was I, I, a guy contacted me at one time and there was a, um, a guitar company down in Tennessee, and they used to make a, a signature model for Tut Taylor. And Tut Taylor was a well-known guitar player, and uh, the company went defunct, but they had all this stuff left behind in their shop, and they asked me if I wanted to buy it. And they had a bunch of stuff that wasn't quite finished, and so those never went to the Cromer. And uh, oh. I just left them, the way they, left them the way they were and put them on the guitars. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's and, cool. But like, yeah, some of the other uh, resonator cover plates, such as like the traditional like 
diamond style. Um, yeah, I do relic those. And then there's the other ones where I, I actually make the resonator, uh, the cover plates. So when I do that, I do that out of cold rolled steel. And then I, I just, I don't really do anything to them because uh, it's just natural steel that hasn't been treated. So, right. so it kind of already looks that way. It has that aesthetic. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's cool. Um, yeah, folks, when you go to guitarradioshow.com, you'll be able to see these pictures. I'm going to put these up here so you can see them. Uh, one of these is going to be, I'm not sure which one. I think it's going to be this one over here. We'll see. But um, we're going to put up some pictures so you can see all this stuff. And it'll be on our social media as well when this episode airs. Um, so with the, since the LP uh, version of the resonator with the, with the P90 is your like number one at this point in time. Do you get requests for specific materials or do, can customers ask for different types of materials when you're doing the build or is it just they get what they get and they don't get upset? Uh, for the most part, they get, they'll, they'll kind of want to lean one way or another sometimes mm -hmm. and I do the best I can as far as like I want a darker look or I want a lighter look. They under, most people understand it's, um, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I customize the accent color, you know, there's some accent colors on there. Right. I, I can, I can do that. Um, the, now I have the ability to customize the metal work. Um, you know, there, there's that. Um, but yeah, most people, Oh, well, you know, some people do also, um, like, like I do most of all my fingerboards are actually made from black walnut uh -huh. and um, some people uh, want their fingerboard made of just uh, uh, maple, right. you know, so they want to, they want a lighter color uh, fingerboard. You know, I, I do things like that or a headstock design, but um, you know, some people want a slotted headstock, mm -hmm. but material wise uh, I let them know ahead of time, you know, like, uh, what the material is right. and what what's used for what and and then we go through it it's part of the process because I'm not going to go way out of my way to find something exotic because my thing is I'm making what I from what I have mm -hmm. um, as far as because that's part of what I represent as far as being able to take these woods and these different pieces to make these instruments. I'm not going to, cause every, anybody can go spend the money and buy that exotic piece of wood or go uh, have somebody go find that perfect piece of Sitka or whatever, you know, you buy right. it from a wood dealer. Right. Yeah. I just, that's, that's not me right. at all. Right. So, I mean, and there's no CNC machines in your shop or anything like that. So, right. Well, no, there is. Oh, there I is. Have a CNC machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, I used to do all my jigs by hand, and then uh, at one time I worked for a um, uh, it was a gun manufacturer who well he wasn't a gun manufacturer it was a guy who made uh, parts for like little pieces for gun companies, and he had a CNC shop, and I it was by my house, so I'd go over there and see what he was doing, and then he taught me how to use a CNC, and so. When I had the opportunity, I bought a CNC machine, um, so I, I knew how to use them, and so it, it just it simplified and kept things consistent. So, uh, mm -hmm. as far as like doing those solid bodies, uh, it, everything's just cut on that, uh, which is so much easier and keeps things more consistent. Yeah. When I do an acoustic guitar, of course, there's no CNC involved in an acoustic guitar. Right. It's all just me, me steaming and bending wood, and right. and I have a surface. Um, sander that I, I sand all my material down with and stuff like that, all handwork. But as far as the solid bodies go, um, it's all cut out on CNC. Right. So the so really, I mean, your shop is 90, 95% hands-on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that CNC just does that cut out of that thing and then everything's, you know, I have to, everything's done by hand, set everything and and uh, shape everything and, right yeah it's just for that one two-dimensional <laughs> job of that one specific thing right and it's not like a huge one it was uh i bought it like oh, let's say 10 11 years ago 
and yeah, it was called the luthier model, which is it's it's funny because it's it's just big enough to do guitar bodies. Yeah. And how many at a time will it do? Just one at a time, or yeah, just just one at a time. One yeah. at a time. Okay, cool. It's not like like at Fender they have. I think they have one that's five up or six up or whatever it is. Or and yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, it's, I yeah, it's just. One at a time, and and when the nice thing about like when that's cutting out something, I can be over here like shaping a neck, you know, right. and uh, or fretting a guitar or uh, cutting out a pick guard or whatever it is. Right. So. Right. That's super cool. I, I I think it's great. You know that there's still people out there doing this type of thing, and uh, yeah, I mean such limited technology involved in what you're doing here. This is incredible. It really is. So the, um, there's one guitar that's got this kind of, it almost looks like a linoleum or a tile. Uh, it's, a, it's one of the Les Paul ones, and it's got this uh, baby blue resonator top. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that like a Formica, or what is that? that? Yep, that's exactly what that is. I, uh, I, my wife and I bought a house about seven years ago. And uh, it hadn't been updated since it was built, I don't think. And um, we were redoing the countertops, and I had some leftover from Mike, and I was like, you know what? That might be a cool idea That's as far as cool. um, doing a kind of this vintage throwback look. I yeah. appreciate that. Thanks. It's got like yeah. an Art Deco kind of a, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. like it came from, uh, you're, you remember, did you ever see the movie Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. You remember the, the decor and all the houses, how they, this would be perfect hanging up on the wall in one of those houses. Yeah, yeah it would. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, no, thanks. Um, so, oh, and this is something I wanted to ask you. With, with, a, with an LP build, start to finish, how long does it usually take you, barring no interruptions? Uh, you know, if I was to start out like I normally do and have to, um, you know, from gluing up the body blank, milling the neck blank, and then cutting everything out and cut, I mean, just starting from very scratch to the very end, it takes about 60 hours. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of time. That's just like if I'm consistently on that one guitar, you know? Wow. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time to put into one instrument. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, I mean, so I, I wanted people to hear that because, you know, to think about, you know, most, you know, manufactured guitars, guitars that are going through a factory, you know, I mean, they'll finish a 700 to 1,000 guitars in a day, in a day depending yeah. on the size yeah. of the factory. You know, and here yeah. you are, you're doing, it's taking you, in a, you know, if, if, every, if, we've, if we measured everything in eight hour days, it's a week and a half, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, and I know, and, you know, it would be foolish for us not to, to know this, that there are always interruptions. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, not not that I'm bad mouthing marriage or anything like that. <laughs> happy ha- happy to be married and have a family. But when I when I was single and I I used to live above my shop. Oh man, I could just I I used to be able to go to town and it was amazing and I could and I and yeah I had no one interrupting me because my shop is thirty miles out of town out in the woods and uh-huh. I just no interruptions and it was just me and jamming out to tunes and whipping out guitars and yeah and now it's just like oh run to violin class and pick up the kids after school yeah (laughs) it's so different that's great yeah i remember in one video you talked about uh your first concert was bon jovi and rat oh yeah that was when i was in the fourth grade that was awesome fourth grade fourth grade i had a good friend who moved to our hometown from Colorado and he knew all about music and um and I had older siblings that were like into ACDC and stuff but he was really into rat so I got into rat and um they came to our to the big town from uh Great Falls close to where I lived and 
and I asked my mom and dad, they're like, can I go to this concert? And they're like, yeah, you can go to that concert if you, uh, if you get the money together to buy a, a ticket and, um, and everything to go with it. And so I did, I just, I'd already been involved with buying my own bike and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I went door to door, knocking on doors, mowing lawns and getting the money together. And, and then they're like, well, you got to find a ride. And my brother was going to college and I, and I got a hold of him and he's like, yeah, I'll take you. So that's, that was the start of it all. And then after that, I was just like, I was, I was, uh, I think I saw things as a fourth grader that I probably shouldn't have seen. And, uh, but after that I was hooked. I just, that's all I could think about was going to the rock shows and going to concerts. And is, is it after that point that when you started to tinker around, I mean, just, or play, play the guitar? No. Uh, so my mom's family is from Croatia mm-hmm. and, uh, my grand, they're immigrated at, to Montana from Croatia in the twenties, but they, my grandpa brought over uh, his instruments and he had an orchestra up till the eighties here in Montana. It's a uh, Tamborica orchestra. And they have, they all the family had all these instruments all the time. So we had them around the house and, um, and you would be able to, you know, uh, pluck on them or whatever, or as everybody got older or when we're way little, they didn't want you touching them. But, uh, right. but yeah, so we, I had, I had this influence of all these instruments, uh, constantly at my house, uh, growing up. So that's kind of where that all started from. Uh, and then they all could play the, the, not only the traditional music they played, but they all played, uh, like in a lot of, I had relatives that played in like, Western bands and bars mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was the the acoustics and the electrics and stuff and right. and honky tonk and all that good sure. stuff too. So sure, like from the Blues Brother movie, uh, movie and they said, "What kind of music yeah. do you play here? We play both <laughs> kinds, country and western." Yeah, I love that. I, that, that. That runs through my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we got both kinds, country and country western. and western. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is here in Texas too. Sometimes, <laughs> depending on what 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 bar you go into. <laughs> right. Um, this is great. So folks can find you on Facebook, and they can find you on Instagram. Yeah. And of course, at cocktailguitars yeah. uh, Is there any uh, social media that I'm missing? No, that's my, the two basic that I do um, are the. It's usually I just mess around with Instagram, and mm-hmm. then you know how it goes to Facebook. But right. yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, it, that'd be a nice thing too. It's just like you know, trying to wear all hats, have yeah. a social media manager type thing. That'd yeah. be nice. But uh, sure, yeah, it's just e- easy for me to do Instagram and let it and let it sh- move out. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so how do you know the folks over at Rattlesnake? So, uh, Hank, uh, we're from the same town. We live in the same town. Oh, okay. And so that makes it, yeah. So that makes it pretty easy to know, uh, you know, like who's around and who's doing what, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, over the years, Hank's reached out to me. It's given me a lot of great advice and, uh, it's just been a real big supporter of what I've been doing. And, uh, and I try to do, I mean, Hank helps me a lot more than I help Hank as far as like <laughs> business wise and knowing, uh, you know, the ins and outs. Cause he, he's really deep into, um, the industry yeah. a lot more than, than I am as far as knowing what's going on. Um, sometimes I feel like an old man not knowing, you know, uh, but it's, I'm so busy trying to do other things, uh, right. as far as, well, Joking yeah, I mean, I miss out on a lot of things. Yeah, he's not he's not a one man shop, so you know. No, but at one time he was. He so was, it, yeah. It, well, yeah, I don't think he was yeah. ever really a one man because he's always had his wife to help him. So. Oh right, right. That's right. You know. <laughs> but yeah, his operation is awesome. Oh, it's think, wild! You know, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, fantastic! So cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and his 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 product is wonderful as well. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I love those. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I, I I know we touched on we kind of touched on this before, but so what what's what's next for Cottrell Guitars? What do you think we can expect in like twenty twenty four? Will it, will there be anything that we can expect? As far as like new product goes, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, 
I don't, to be honest, I, I just, with the growth that I have going now, uh, I would like to maybe, you know, maintain or get a little bit bigger, uh, you know, always looking for more business. But as far as new models come out this year, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Just because I'm so, I've already got so many orders of what's, what I've had right. that uh, it's probably going to stay stay that way. But one thing I would like to do is uh, I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm, I'm I think I'm like one of the only people that I've really seen who's able to do the custom metal work when it comes to resonator guitars. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something I always like to encourage people in uh, because then it truly makes a unique uh, resonator as far as that goes. Um, just because I made the the molds and the forms to be able to shape all that metal and then cut out pretty much anything to customize it uh, in that particular way. That's so, cool. uh, do, do you ever think you'll bring on an apprentice? Um, sometimes I think about it. Um, I I the the only thing that I I I like I I like being myself as far as when I'm working. It's just that way. I'm in my own head and I'm working, but at the same time, um, I've tried to bring on a few younger guys who thought they wanted to, and they didn't see that they were going to be making a whole lot of money at first. To, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of backed off. Right. But that that being said, um, if I if my shop was ever moved closer to town, I could probably pick somebody up a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the one deterrent right now is my shop is so far out. Right. And the reason that is because I own that shop right. and there's, so I'm not going to pay rent in town when I can go to my, sh- go to the place that I own. Oh, day, absolutely. So. And, okay. and, and it's, and it's a nice shop. It's a big, well-lit shop with all kinds of awesome tools in it. So. Right. It's, you know, it's going to come down to somebody who's really passionate like you are. And then, and yeah. then, and then it's about you, uh, you know, and, and, and I think we all are in some way or another, we're all a little bit control freaks. We want it to be just right, you know. Yeah, I know. So it's hard. It's, it's hard when you got your own is. thing. It's like you know, it's like what I'm doing here. I mean, you know, there was a point where I had other people uh, early on that were helping me out, and we were going, and so we were all going in different directions. And it was, no, I'm going to go back to the way it was, and you know, I mean, I've got Rob. You know, Rob comes in. He's a contributor all the time, and he's amazing. And uh, uh-huh. but you know, he's super busy with his world. So, you know, for him to jump in and help me, he's really doing me a favor. So, you know, I get it. I totally get it. Absolutely. You know? But um, I, I got to tell you, I really love what you're doing. I think this is amazing stuff. Um, uh, is there a YouTube channel as well or no? No, uh, I don't. You know, that's one thing that always plays in my head. But my wife works in the world of YouTube. And uh, just to see how much time that takes to dedicate. It does. That, uh, it, it, I, I, don't, I don't have. I mean, I just have enough time to do what I'm doing. But I always like the idea of having a YouTube channel. I think it would be so beneficial in so many different ways. Um, you know, it's and, and then just the idea that creativity that could come with having a channel would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you've got all these great videos. I mean, you really almost have your own channel here on the media page at CachoGuitars.com. So there's a lot of great videos here. So, Oh, thanks. Yeah. The performance videos are great. Uh, some of these some of these artists I don't know. Um, Turchy, I know. Oh, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and that's killer. That's that's great stuff. Um but yeah, I'm 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 really I'm really enthralled. I really am. I think it's I think it's super cool, um, and I love the uh, what do you call it the sawmill? Oh, thanks. Man, yeah, that guitar is that guitar is talking to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's saying stuff right there. Oh, just to throw one note on that on that particular model. Um, when I first started making that one, it was a total solid body. Right. And uh, and what I've now done, I now chamber the body, and it, uh, it makes it so much lighter. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So it makes it a lot more comfortable to yeah, play. Yeah, because it's a pretty big body. I mean, you know, as far as a little mass, a lot of mass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely lightened it up. So that's cool. Well, Sean, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and talking with us, especially since we did decide to do it a little earlier, too. I appreciate that. 
This was great. Oh, no, I really appreciate you having me on. That's This is awesome. Yeah, this is great. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, folks, you can go to kochelguitars.com. That's K-O-C-H-E-L, guitars.com. So all one word, kochelguitars.com. I highly recommend you go check it out. And uh, there'll be a link in the show notes at guitarradioshow.com. Uh, check out the gallery page. Check out the media page because you get to hear these instruments. And they sound just lovely. They're really, really, they're just so cool. They're soulful. They're soulful instruments, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Thank you. All right, Sean, what else you got? Well, I just want to let you know that uh, for your listeners, I want to offer them a 15% off on a, a order uh, if they say that they heard the, heard the interview on this show. Okay, cool. How do they go about doing that? Uh, they can go ahead and email me at sean at Kachel guitars and mention that they heard me on the guitar radio show and when we start the process of the order um when i bill them out on their uh down payment i'll deduct the 15 percent. right off the top right off the top cool all right so you heard that folks you'll go ahead and you will um wait a minute let me see here i want to find this again there it is um you'll go ahead and Email Sean at Sean at CotchellGuitars.com. And when you place your order, he will go ahead and, and mention that you are, that you heard about Cottrell Guitars on Guitar Radio Show. And he will knock 15% off the order right off the top. All Correct. Right. Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. That's really generous of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. All right, man. Well, we're going to sign off right here, but you hold on one second. Check out Guitar Radio Show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, GuitarRadioShow.com, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Find Guitar Radio Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, if you like the artists you hear on Guitar Radio Show, don't just stream their music, buy it. Mm-hmm.